What's going on, everybody? Thank you for listening to the Zoe Church podcast today. I am excited because we have a guest preacher with us. I just first want to say thank you to everyone who subscribes and gives to Zoe Church. If you would like to give, my favorite way to give is texting Zoe to 77977 or go online at zoechurch.org forward slash give. But today, thank you for tuning in. Listen to this message by Pastor Tim Timberlake. How many of you find yourself at the age now where you're forgetting things that you should remember. You're forgetting things that you should remember like a cell phone charger. How many ever forgot your cell phone charger? Yeah, I remember watching my parents growing up go into a room and look lost, and I asked them, what are you doing? And they said, I'm trying to remember what I came in here for. And I remember thinking to myself, they are so old. They are forgetting what they came into a room for. And my parents looking at me and saying, one day you're going to get to the age where you forget what you came into a room for. Now I find myself at that age and I go into a room and I sit there and I'm thinking to myself, I know I'm looking for something. I just don't know what I'm looking for. And my mind has a tendency to become my enemy. It knows it should remember. It knows that it has in mind something that it should recall, but it tells me I'm not going to remember what you came in here for until you leave and get ready to do something else. And then all of a sudden, I'm going to bring it back to your remembrance. And I can be down the road and I remember, oh, man, I was supposed to grab my iPad because I got a meeting coming up or I was supposed to grab this. And, and, And you forget the things that you should remember and you can't get off your mind the things that you should forget. I remember wanting my parents to forget when I messed up in school. If you grew up with parents like me, when when your teacher or your principal had to call your parents, you knew when you got home, you were in big trouble. So what I would try to do, I would try to go to sleep early to avoid punishment. It'd be like 5.30 in the afternoon. I'd I'd be in the bed, covers all the way up. My dad come in, turn the lights, say, what you doing? I'd say, I'm just tired, I'm sleepy. You know, I feel like this is a great time to go to sleep. He said, no, 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 no. Remember, your teacher called me today and said that you were cutting up in school. You wanted to be Mr. Jokey Jokester, Mr. Comedian, Mr. Funny Man. I want you to stand up in front of your siblings. I'm one of seven. And tell them why you're going to get in trouble. So I would have to stand up in front of my my siblings, and they all be looking at me like, you fool. You didn't mess up again. And my father would say, okay, I want you to go upstairs and wait for me there. And I would hope on that long journey (laughs) through the house that he would forget. But he never did. He always forgot the little things, but he never forgot the major things. In this life, what I've learned, though, is you have to have selective memory. You have to have selective memory. What is selective memory? Remembering to forget. What should you remember to forget? You should remember to forget two things in this life. The first thing that you have to remember to forget are your failures. Uh, Are you listening to me? Because your failures will become prisons that God never intended for you to stay in. And you will begin to title and name yourself after the failures and the mistakes and the things that you fell short in. And, and if you're not careful, you identify more with the failures that you have made more than the promises God has made over you. 
The, the second thing, which is not a popular one, because we like to talk about our successes, but you have to forget your successes. Because if you're not careful, your successes will become idols. When in fact, your successes are supposed to be goals for you to surpass in this season of your life. Do, do you know that one of the greatest risks that God could ever take on us is to allow us to achieve some level of success? Because when we get successful by man's standards or by our standards in something, we have a tendency of not involving God in those areas like we used to before we experienced that success. And so the two things that we have to remember to forget are our failures and our successes. But what I've learned is you can't let failure get to your heart and you sure can't let success get to your head. So in this life, if you're going to have the mind of Christ, you have to remind yourself that your mind will play tricks on you. Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says, listen, we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. And I want you to write this down. They're not going to throw this on the screen. I believe that half of the notes I give you, you should take notes on them because note takers are history makers. And then they're going to give you about three bullet points that we'll go over in a moment. But the first thing that I want you to write down is this. You don't change your life by changing your life. You change your life by changing your mind. Your, your life will follow in the direction of your strongest thought. And so whenever you talk to people who are successful in anything, they tell you, I saw the success before I achieved the success because your life follows the direction of your strongest thoughts. I love what scripture says. Scripture says in Proverbs, it says, as a man or woman thinketh, they become. So if your life is heading in the wrong direction, I would ask you to do personal inventory over your thoughts. If your life is not going in the direction you want it to go, what are you thinking? Because your life will flow in the direction of your strongest thoughts. If you don't like what you see, change your thoughts. If you don't like who you're becoming, change your thoughts. Why? Because your life follows the direction of your strongest thoughts. When my father was teaching me how to fight and defend myself as a little boy, he would always tell me, son, if ever you get in a tussle, if ever you start to wrestle someone, grab them by the head and wrestle their head towards the ground. And I would ask why. And he would always respond because their body will follow the direction of their head and our lives are the same way. Your life will follow the direction of your head. Wherever your head goes, your life will follow. And I wonder, is there anybody that has this sneaky suspicion based upon your thoughts that you're headed in the right direction? Come on, come on. Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says, you're transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
Anytime you see re in front of something, it means it has to be done again. Every single day of your life, your mind has to be renewed by God's word. Your mind has to be restored by the presence of God. Your mind has to be reset. How many of you need a factory reset on your mind to position your mind back into the presence of God? You know, oftentimes with technology, whenever we get a bug or a virus, it, it takes a factory reset to wipe out all of the memory so that they can restore it back to its original setting. If you, if you turn over the back of any technology, it tells you where it's made. It tells you who made that piece of technology. It tells you where the manufacturer is, and it also has a warranty that lasts for a period of time. If you're saved and you have an Apple product, uh, I, I can't speak for Android people, <laughs> but they have an added warranty called Apple Care. And if something was to happen in the window, of Apple care, you can return it back to them, wait in line for five hours, and they'll give you <laughs> some answers to the problems that you may have. And if they can't provide a solution to the phone that you have, they will give you another one. The point I'm making is whenever you find yourself with all these different mental viruses and thoughts and all of these negative mindsets, you can always go back to your manufacturer who made you for him to reset you and restore you and refresh you and swipe up on the thoughts that should not be there so that he could replace them with his word. I want you to write this down. Your mind is the steering wheel of your destiny. And the direction you want your life to flow in is the direction you should send your thoughts into. Family, we can't determine or control what happens to us, but we can determine and control how we respond to what happens to us. I love the Old Testament scripture that says, this is the day that the Lord has made. I choose. It's a choice. You have to choose joy every single day. You have to choose what thoughts lie dormant in your mind and what thoughts live every single day. Your mind is like your bed. Hear me. You have to choose when you make it up and you have to choose who gets in it. If you're not careful, you will leave your mind undone and the wrong people will begin to occupy it. You have more responsibility for your greatness than to allow someone to stay rent-free in your own mind. Your mind is the steering wheel of your destiny. And the way you turn your mind is the way your life will flow. I want you to know this. Your thoughts are more powerful than your enemy. It's not the enemy that overtakes you. It's the fear of the enemy that overtakes you. Statistics say 91% of the things you are fearful of never happen and occur the way you think that they will. So it's not the enemy that overtakes you. It's your fear of what the enemy might do and what may happen and all these different things that overtake you. 
And so I want to uplift four mindsets that we have to extract and really pull out of our minds so that we could think and process things the way Christ desires for us to. The first one is a negative mindset. How many of you know someone in your life, they're always negative no matter what's going on? No matter how positive you try to be, they're always negative. Everything could always be better. How many of you got somebody like that? If you don't know who that person is, it's probably you. I'm sorry. It's probably you. It's just no matter how joyful, no matter how great of a moment it is, they always find the negative in it. You have to be very careful not to become a negative person. You'll never achieve great things with the negative mind. A negative mindset will hold you back from becoming the person God desires and designed for you to be. What is a negative mindset? A negative mindset is someone who constantly thinks, I don't have what it takes. It never happens for me. It seems to always happen for everyone around me, but it never happens for me. If we're not careful, we won't doubt that God is good. We just doubt that God is good to us. We don't doubt that God is able. We just don't think God is able to do it for us. And if we allow a negative mindset to take root in our lives, and our lives will go in the wrong direction. The second mentality and mindset that we have to be very, very careful of is a fearful mindset. A person just fears everything. I'm afraid. I'm afraid this is going to happen. I'm, I'm fearful I'm going to lose my job. What if, what if this happens and things are seemingly getting worse and, and you begin to talk yourself into a season and a situation that never existed in the first place? Fear creates worry. What is worry? Worry is worshiping the plan of the enemy. Worry creates anxiety. What, what is anxiety for some of us? Anxiety is experiencing failure in advance. And it all stems from fear. Whenever I find myself fearful, it's because I have not spent enough time hearing from God who I am and who he designed for me to be. When I spend time with God, I find his love and there is no fear in perfect love. Amen. All of us have something that we're fearful of though. And that fear will rule us. It will lead us if we're not careful. My dad died when he was 52, and I never could see myself living beyond 21. Not because I was fearful, but because of the lifestyle that I lived. And as I got older, I would always think to myself, am I going to die early like my dad did? Will I make it beyond 52? Now that I'm 63, I don't have that. Y'all know black don't crack. Come on, y'all. Y'all. <laughs> No, but the older I get, the more I'm reminded of how God has a plan and purpose for my life that surpasses my fears. I know who I am and I know who he's called me to be when I spend time with him. I know what my fears are and they lead my life when I don't. So I have to be very conscious of a fearful 
mentality. What removes fear? Intentional research. Not just any type of research, but intentional research. The reason intentional research removes fear is because when you know the answers, you can help solve the problem. In your life, you're known for one of two things. That's the problems that you solve or the problems that you create. Intentional research helps to solve the problem for the fear you may be experienced. The reason it has to be intentional, because all research does not solve a problem. Point in case, when you cough and you Google what your symptoms are. How many of you get more afraid when you start to read down those symptoms? Do I have pneumonia? Is there a spot in my lung? Am I experiencing a fever and diarrhea? The wrong kind of research creates more fear. Intentional research alleviates it. I have to be mindful of the mentality that I have because of where I believe God is taking me. The third mindset that I have to submit to the feet of Jesus is this, discontentment. I've never satisfied. As we live in a, host, a, a very hustle mentality society and culture, there's nothing wrong with hustling. It's nothing wrong with grinding. I believe there's something uh, 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 very significant about grit and grind. But when you are grinding with no contentment, it will grind you to the bone. So there has to be a level of contentment that produces gratitude in your life, that brings you to the place where you may not be where you want to be, but you're grateful for the place that God has brought you now because it's better than where you used to be. Is there anybody grateful that where you are is not where you were and where God has taken you is better than where you are? When I am discontent, I have something that I call destination addiction. I would rather be any place than where I am right now. How many ever been there before? Over there looks better than where I am. Oh, if I could just get this job, I'd be happy. If I could just get this person in my life, I'd be If I could just get a conversation with them, my life will be complete. Destination addiction. I want to be anywhere other than where I am right now. You won't find your blessing over there. You'll find your blessing in gratitude right here. Discontentment will never bring you in proximity of the promise that God has for you. And then the fourth mentality that you have to be very careful of is a critical mentality. Just criticize everything. Everyone can't be movie critics for every area of people's lives. Society and culture gives us enough criticism. Why can't we be encouragers? Why can't we be the people that look into other people's lives and remind them of their God-given purpose? 
Why can't we look at people who may not be having the greatest day and encourage them and point them back to Jesus? People don't need to hear you preach a message. People need to see you live the message that you say you believe, and they can't hear who you say you are if you're always speaking through the lens of criticism. So instead of being critical, be appreciative. Criticism is always the fruit of entitlement. When you're entitled, when you feel like you have the right to say something, is when you should go back to the feet of Jesus and say, God, give me clarity. Don't be entitled. Be grateful. So if you have one of four of those mentalities, or maybe you have all four today, this is the good news. Jesus will take that mindset and that, that mentality and that mind, and he'll exchange it for the mind of Christ. In Philippians chapter 4, he says, Take ye this mind which is also found in Christ Jesus that did not consider it to be a robbery when he called himself equal with God. God has given us the gift of Jesus, and Jesus has given us so many gifts, and one of them is his mind, and when we exchange his mind for our mind, our mind no longer plays tricks on us. Here is the notes that you'll find on the screen and that you can write down. Point number one is this. You can't do big things if you're always distracted by small things. Did you hear what I said? You can't do big things if you're always distracted by small things. What I've come to learn in this life is when I don't have focus, distractions begin to look like opportunities. And I'll begin to chase things that God never told me to go after. And if I'm to be completely honest with you, failure is not my greatest fear. Being successful at something God never intended for me to be successful at is my greatest fear. Because good things can become enemies to great things when you lose focus and get distracted by them. You can't do big things if you're always distracted by small things. What has become a distraction in your life? I want you to think about that for a moment. What has become a distraction in your life? For some of us, it's a show. For others of us, it's a person that we know should not be in our lives. And one of the things I've come to learn about a person that's in my life that should not be, a person that has nothing doesn't mind helping you lose everything. If we're not careful, we get distracted because they're good. But God has something great. And you can settle for good but you void your opportunity to experience the greatness that God has for you. Jeremiah chapter 12, verse 3 says, Yet you know me, O Lord, you see me and test my thoughts about you. Look at what he says. Drag them off like sheep to be butchered. Set them apart for the day of slaughter. What is he saying? God, I need your help separating my thoughts. I need your help separating the thoughts you want to live and the thoughts you want to drag off to die. Because some of us have some thoughts that should not stay alive in our mind. 
Some of us have some thoughts that are contrary to what God thinks about us. And anything that's opposite of what God says or thinks about you is a thought, an idea, a dream, a vision that should be drugged off to never see the light of day again. I can't do big things if I'm always distracted by small things. Point number two is this. Your thoughts are the seeds for your desired behavior. What is a seed? A seed is a tiny beginning with a huge reward. How many of you, let's be really honest, have ever let your intrusive thoughts win? I'm the only one, I see. I was about to say, y'all lying. Let your intrusive thoughts win. You thought something, and before you know it, it came out your mouth. Scripture says, as a man or woman thinketh, they become. It also says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. I have to be careful of what I think, because before I know it, I begin to say it. The point I'm making is this. Your thoughts are deceits for your desired behavior. I have a saying. It's this. Every man has both a king and a fool. Every woman has both a queen and a fool in her and in him. The one that you address is the one that will respond. How many ever just woke up feel like being a fool? <laughs> Today I feel like being foolish. I feel like giving somebody a piece of my mind. I wish somebody would. How many have ever been there? I wish somebody would today. I got time. Try me. Write it on the side of your car in the dust. Try me. You need to keep all that little mind you got and surrender it back to Jesus. Because he can do more with it than you ever could. Your value is not found in yourself. Your value is found in God. Your thoughts are the seeds for your desired behavior. The way you want your life to go is the way you have to allow your thoughts to flow. However you think, you will become. Hey, listen to me. Again, your value is not found in you. Your value is found in God because he made you. He knows you better than you know yourself. It's like a bottle of water, right? You can take whatever brand of bottled water, whatever brand of purified and filtered water you like. In a grocery store, that bottle of water is $3.99 at best. It's your favorite restaurant, is $7.99. You go to the right hotel, that same bottle of water it's $14.99. How many of you just look at it like, I can get that from CVS for $3.99. I'm not opening that bottle of water. But the value is placed on the water based upon where it's found. Your mind finds its value based upon 
where it's found. When it's found in the hands of God, your mind has value that supersedes anything that you could place on it. But when it's found in your hands, it may have value, but it won't have the same value as it should have when it is found in the hands of the one who made you in the first place. Philippians chapter 4 verse 7 says, let the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, let it guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about those things. It doesn't say you won't have other thoughts. It doesn't say you won't have other opportunities to think about all the other things going on in your life. It says put your focus on these things. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is praiseworthy, you have to be intentional with your thoughts and put focus on what is praiseworthy because life will put things in your way that make you try to respond to them. I like to say it like this. I schedule my celebrations because my defeats will schedule themselves. Every single day I have a little notification that goes off on my phone. It says you need a two-minute celebration, and I'll just stop whatever I'm doing, and I'll just celebrate wherever I am. Today was a good day. All these things happened great today, and I thank God for the day that I'm having. Why? Because your defeats will schedule themselves. They don't have to make a calendar reminder. They'll always remind you. They don't have to put a notification on your phone. Your mind has a way of notifying you of all the little things that could be better. But when you schedule your victories and you schedule your celebrations, it reminds you of how faithful God is. And the thing that I've learned is that the grateful cannot fail, but the ungrateful cannot succeed. And I wonder, am I talking to anybody that has their mind made up, I will praise the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth, which means when I feel like it, I praise God. When I don't feel like it, I praise God. In good seasons, I praise God. In bad seasons, I praise God. On my mountaintop days, I praise God. In my valley moments, I praise God. I have to continually praise God because praising God gives me perspective. When I have the right perspective, that perspective shapes my thoughts, and my thoughts shape my words, and my words shape my life. And so my thoughts are the seeds for my desired behavior. The third thing is this. Your words decides which thoughts live and what thoughts die. If you don't want thoughts to live, don't say them. It's very simple. Because the moment you speak them, you breathe life into those thoughts. Let's look at what scripture says, Matthew chapter 6, verse 31. Very powerful scripture. It says, therefore, take no thought, saying. It never mentions that you won't think it. It never mentions that those thoughts won't cross your mind. It says when you think it, don't say it. Why? Because there's power in your words. So when I think something negative, I say, God, remove that thought. Take that thought, drag it off, slaughter it so that I never see it again. 
and I begin to say over myself what it is God has said about me. Very early on in leadership, I, I, I've been pastoring almost 20 years. Very early on, people have opinions about your leadership and how you communicate and how you dress and how you look. And if you're not careful, you begin to model your life based off of the opinions of other people. And their thoughts and opinions of you will live in your mind and you'll begin to model your life based off of what other people think about you. And so one of the things that I had to start doing was I had to start talking to myself more than I listened to myself. When I listen to myself, I have a tendency of listening to the echoes of everyone else that has an opinion about me. When I talk to myself, I echo the voice of God and what he says about me. And some of you have let the voices of other people echo in your life and model your life and shape your life. And you're trying to please everyone except the one that matters most. So today, I just want to encourage you. Exchange your mind for God's mind. Because your mind, it will play tricks on you. It will lead you in a direction that God does not want you to go in. And it will rob you of God's destiny he has set before you. But when you exchange what you have for what he has, he says, what I've set before you is greater than what you could see, think of, or imagine. And I remind myself of Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, almost every single day. It says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think. See, it's not just what you ask, it's also what you think. And his ways are not your ways, his thoughts are not your thoughts. He thinks completely different than you. So surrender those thoughts to Jesus. And watch how he breathes new life into your mind. This is for somebody. Don't be afraid to start again. You're not starting from scratch. You're starting from experience. Your mind is playing tricks on you. Some of you think you're stuck in the thing that you're doing right now. Don't be afraid to start again. You're not starting from scratch. You're starting from experience. I'm so grateful to Colonel Sanders that he did not stop. He didn't create the 11 spices and secrets until he was 65 years old. Don't stop. A premature conclusion is only evidence that you stop thinking too soon. Don't stop. God has a plan and a purpose for you. There's greatness set before you. And you can achieve everything he wants you to achieve if you exchange your mind 
for his mind.